0: So welcome to episode one of the second series of this Action RC podcast. Uh, We're back reflecting on RC racing in Australia, special nod to the history of our sport, but we might look a bit at some contemporary bits and pieces as well over this occasional second series. We talk about favourite races and cars and tracks and funny stories and all that jazz. Today, a very special episode in which we rejoin a couple of our previous guests, Victorians Tony Gray and Lou Sola, and their co-collaborator, Aaron Dafina These guys, perhaps we should call them the unholy trinity, uh, largely responsible for the astonishing 2022 vintage bash held just a few weeks back at Victoria's long-running Keylor Club. Without question, from a distance, one of the races of the year for the Australian 2022 scene and we couldn't let the event pass without grabbing the guys for a bit of a chat about what happened, why, how, what's next, all of that, and to see whether it was as good in the flesh as it looked online. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me for a chat, um, or as Tony so eloquently puts it, the opportunity to talk more shit. Uh, So thanks for joining me, and we'll have a great chat tonight.
1: Well, when it comes to talking shit, that's the whole point of the vintage bash, really. The, The cars were secondary. That was always our intention, and we said that from the start as soon as I started up the Facebook group. We just said, we're here to talk shit, and let's be honest, that's what happened on the weekend.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what it seemed like from a distance, so we'll get, we'll get back to some of that. Uh, Lou, how are you tonight? I'm pretty good, mate. Good to talk to you again. Good to have you back. I know we have been waiting a long time for us to get another kind of podcast together, but we might do another one soon. And Aaron, we've not met in person, but lovely to have you join us for a bit of a hangout tonight as well.
2: No, thanks very much, Scotty. And no, we haven't actually met in person, but I know I've been following your career and through your career through the the boys that have all talked about you. So it's fantastic and an honour to be on board. Don't Not believe so anything. And
0: Tony, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. that's right. don't believe anything Lou says about me, that's for sure. <laughs> now um, I just want to start by setting the scene with some statistics. Everyone's favorite topic. I've done my research today. 120 drivers, 189 entries across four classes, 2754 timed laps, 17 comical cup cars, 19 trucks, Ooh. 67 four-wheel drive buggies, 86 two-wheel drive buggies. An A final winning average lap time that would have placed the winner fourth against modern buggies at a recent clubby on the same track, 437 oh. non-running cars, 289 of those on Jason's display stand, uh, <laughs> an average of two and a half hours of sleep a night for each of you in the weeks leading up, 83 times Tony was witnessed referencing talking shit, and 63% of those statistics made up on the spot. Um by any measure, a hell of a race meeting, Tony. Let's let's dive in. Start with you. Well, we're a month on. Have you come down off the high? How how are you reflecting on what was
1: Vintage Bash? It was certainly for the first few days, and I bet it's the same for Lou and Aaron. It was just a massive relief, the fact that it <laughs> yes. that we the, the, I couldn't believe that we'd actually pulled it off. I, certainly, in the weeks coming up to it, I thought, "Oh God, am I going to get all the stuff done that we need to get done? And is it is it going to work?" I, I really didn't know. Mm-hmm. But it, the gratifying thing there is the um, the response we got after the event. With I, I don't know about the other guys, but no one said anything negative to me at all. Still haven't yeah all i've got was the complete opposite with it. everyone just raving about how good it was and guys that i've known for 20 years saying that was the best race meeting i've ever been to in my life and i'm going wow we did that and that's uh,
0: that's some yeah. that's some pretty good statements isn't it for people that have been around a long time been to a lot of races and and really loved uh the weekend uh Hey, Lou how about you what what's your kind of initial reflections on the weekend and how how it felt to you as as being you know right in the middle of it all
3: it was um pretty humbling to be honest with you Scotty like yeah. we we had a little vision in our heads and you know myself Aaron and Tony had spoken about this event that we wanted to create and the feel that we wanted to try to portray for everybody to come and enjoy um we were a little bit concerned that we sort of you know not everybody may have got the gist of what it was that we were trying to do um but everybody that rolled up and like the the event pretty much developed itself and um you know we had a, a little bit of resistance from the guys that were doing the the timing and that sort of stuff which is totally understandable because we threw them a real curveball it was like we don't care like just <laughs> the cars are just <laughs> on the track you know and That's you right. know at one at one stage on the weekend like it, it had started to rain and I'm thinking everyone's just going to be walking off the track and that's the end of it, but they suspended the race. The marshals stayed out marshalling and more people got on the driver's <laughs> stand and just started doing <laughs> laps. It, yeah. It was just something that I, I'd never experienced before. And, you know, you were at the 91 nationals. We are going back 30 odd years yep. ago and that was, you know, Dave Smith said that that was the biggest event we ever had in Australian RC history. Well, I got to tell you, Scotty, that the vibe that we got in the pits, the vibe that we got over that weekend and the weekends following that, like everyone's just still buzzing about how good yeah. it was.
0: I don't, I don't reckon there'll be too many races in Australia this year or the last few years that have had more than 189 entries. So, like, no. it's a, it's a damn big race meeting in and of itself. Yep. Um, compared to anything else. Um, Aaron, let's, That's spot two guys. Um, where did this come from? Where did this event? How did it? How did it kind of get going? How did the three of you kind of figure this out?
1: I told the bit of the story um, at the drivers briefing because I wanted people to know what it was. Uh, yeah. So I can do a quick version of that. It basically started on the Friday afternoon of the Vic Titles in January. It was okay. late in the afternoon, and I wandered over to to Zumo's tent to talk some shit. And, uh, <laughs> and he he only had his um, vintage buggies on thing. And I was looking at top force and we were talking memories of the legendary uh, solar top force. And oh, we yes. were both wrapped with the fact that there were four heats of vintage yep. at the normal Vic titles. And so, and it was, oh, isn't this great? And we were, we were really happy and it was good to see some of the guys driving around and Lou and I think Aaron was involved in that too, had written up the set of rules to be used at the Vic titles. And I'd I'd looked at them, I thought, see, these are really good. They're they're really simple and it works well. And and I said to him, I'm pretty sure it was my idea, or maybe I'm not sure now, but certainly one of us said, we should just have like an afternoon thing here with just for vintage. <laughs>
0: just and 20 or 30 cars just a few guys
1: i've said that a number of times <laughs> that's what i thought we'd get and i remember sumo looking at me and saying you've got no idea have you <laughs> i i thought all right i'll call you bluff and I, we talked for a few more minutes and i said i'll have a think about it he was he was at me to do it because obviously i've done a lot of big race meetings before and, and <laughs> In in your order, if someone's going to do it. Maybe TFG can get sucked into it. And I, I walked away, and as I walked back to my car, I walked past uh, Nick Poltronieri from Hearn's, and uh, said to him, "We're thinking of doing a vintage only meet." He said, "We're in." Nice, straight. He said, "There's no question. If you if you want to run it, he said, I want Hearn's to be the sole sponsor." Nice. Okay. At that stage, I still wasn't convinced. I went home and thought about it, and I thought, yeah. I said I wasn't going to do any more things after doing mini-nats for so many years, but I thought, this might be good, and we'll only get 30 or 40 people on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> I got on to Mick Bruce, the club secretary. I said, can you run it past the club? Are they if Will they hold the meeting on our behalf? We'll do all the organising prior, and... We want the club just to run it on the on the days. And he uh, he got back to me within half an hour and said, uh, the answer is yes, we'll do it. <laughs> By the time I got to the track on Sunday morning, everybody already knew. It was on. It was, and everyone it was coming on. up to me. Oh, Tyrant, is it true? Is there going to be a vintage, mate? Uh Yeah, yes. <laughs> they're, they're, oh, everyone already knows. There and, is now. And that was it. It it just took off from there. It, it got legs from that, that moment on and thought, okay, can't back out of it now. I'm stuck uh, with it.
0: And Aaron, how did you get roped in?
1: How, where, and
0: what were you thinking at this stage?
2: Solar and I had been talking about it for a while beforehand, and this is a bit of a, a background that TFG probably didn't know. Lou and I had been laughing about this for a while, just talking about vintage, because Lou and I used to travel the races together in the 80s. Yeah. Okay. So we've, we've known each other for, we've known each other since, well, since racing down at Keringle in 85, 84. So we were talking about it and just hopscotching along. And we'd said, oh, it'd be great to have a, some sort of vintage meet, you know, following them all overseas and all that sort of stuff. And then next thing you know, Lou said, oh, I've spoken to TFG at the Vicks because I couldn't get there on the Friday. Oh, and we're having a bash. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, I'm up for that. And then, of course, it was like, oh, Oh, you know, 30 or 40 cars, you know, 50 cars, 60 cars, 70 cars, 80 cars. Well, what the heck have we created? So that's how I got dragged into it, sort of like, you know, on the periphery, hanging around with the two guys that you've known for too long. And, next, yeah. you know, you just didn't step backwards fast enough. How
0: did How did the three of you kind of work it, at putting it all together? Did you Did you kind of just go on a who's good at what? Or did you all chip in for everything? I'm, I'm just curious about, you know, what, uh, what it looks like on the inside. That was easy.
1: <laughs> they, they stepped back and let me do it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they, they were smart enough to, Sorry, to We'll let TFG do it He's done this before And let him run with it And if I needed something Then I called them But apart from that they Initially they just shut up and let me do it And I did a lot of things without even telling them I was going to do it the, uh, you, like, got, you got
2: to remember that Sorry, go on
1: yeah, The cloth badges were an example Where you
2: found out about them after I'd already ordered them <laughs> There's a bit of history with that with Scotty TFG and I and Sumo have all been involved for quite some time, so we yeah. sort of know how it works. So yeah. you know each Vortec other well, don't you?
0: Yeah. There's, yeah.
2: yeah, there's a few people who know about Vortec and that, and that, and the minis and that, and that was TFG, and you just know that he'll organise it, he'll get it right, and just yeah. get out of the road.
0: At, at what point did you, I mean, it sounds like pretty early on people were pretty keen, but at what point did you realise that it was going to be you know, big. I I mean, I just remember, you know, when the moment that you turned the entries on, it, things just went nuts and it felt like it sold out in a couple of days. Um, did you have a sense that there was a pretty big demand pretty early on for this event?
1: Oh, dead air. Oof, dead air. Little <laughs> little. Yeah. I thought Lou ought to have died or something. No, no, I'm still here. I'm just <laughs> listening. I should uh, have said, Lou. No, you- no, you're supposed to talk.
2: Yeah, but you were taking the <laughs> no. entries.
1: <laughs> yeah, we just let we
2: just let you do everything. TFG that's
1: how it works. <laughs> I th- I th- it, ha- it all happened within a few days, didn't yeah. it? Just once I, the the Facebook group, I was, I was watching it, and it was going up, you know, fifty or sixty people a night. Mm. And I'm going what? This is nuts. So I, I, I've got to be honest. The main reason we did the entries early was to give us enough money to pay for the t-shirts and stuff. <laughs> seems
0: fair it's <laughs> pretty good, totally fair yeah
1: because i'd committed to to giving the t-shirts away i thought shit i'm gonna have to pay for this somehow yeah. it's not going to be cheap no so that was why we did the entries early but as it happens it was probably a good idea because yeah. there were so many people that wanted to come and i and we i kept looking at it going we're gonna have to curtail this at some stage because i had um my mate tony Pereiro working in the background sorting it all out and he every couple of days he'd message me and saying um yeah you're on a like a you're on a two-hour race turnaround okay now it's on a (laughs) three-hour he was um he was looking at all all that
0: it's uh uh, uh, i mean my recollection of those kind of weeks leading up to when you opened the entries were exactly the same you know the buzz that was around the facebook group in particular and but even people that you know, at local tracks. At my local track, you know, people were starting to talk about who's going to Melbourne, who's going to go to, to the bash. And uh yeah, there was a real there was a real buzz. And that's built on, you know, over the last couple of years, few years, I guess we've seen a real spike in interest in the vintage scene. We've seen some great race meetings put on by the the Hills Club in Sydney. I think it's the Hills Club that run those vintage yeah. races down there. And there's, you know, local stuff going on in different parts of the country. So there's I guess there was just that bit of kind of readiness and you hit it. Um, right at the right time.
1: It could be. I reckon timing is the main thing because we'd been stuck under COVID for several years. So yeah. no one had ever got any real race, big race meetings in. So yeah. people were super keen. And it's also helped too that there's so many re available Yeah. Now makes it a bit so, easier doesn't it so people like me because i had no original cars at all unlike mr defina and mr solo who have heaps i've got none yeah So i just went out and bought rereads of everything
0: yeah. yeah yeah it's it's a nice time if you're interested in the old stuff it's a nice to be able to go you know buy a new old car and, and uh build that and you're right having all that time where we've all been locked up the last few years and Nothing to do but tinker with old cars and talk about how fast we were back in the day. Uh, we're all <laughs> we're all ready to go. Let's get let's get to the event. Um, Lou, Lou, talk me through the the kind of vibe, you know, as people rolled in Friday, Saturday. I know it was raining and the weather was a bit iffy, but there must have just been a real nice buzz around the track and around the pits as people rolled in.
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, Friday, the, the weather was abysmal um it rained like we never got to get on the track at all initially we weren't even going to do anything on friday it was going to be all about um saturday and sunday but i mean i put my hand up and said i was going to go and do a bit of practice because i i had a whole heap of cars that i wanted to run and yeah you you want to make sure they're trimmed right and Hmm. that sort of yeah the speedies are calibrated that sort of stuff um and it ended up being everyone that showed up pretty much stayed at the track even though it was raining and we're just gas bagging and like Tony says, we're just talking shit and looking at each other's cars and um, you know, and then like that already pretty much set the scene for what the rest of the weekend was going to be like. And I'm thinking, like, if if this many people are here on a Friday, Saturday and Sunday is gonna be <laughs> unreal. Like, you know, And then, you know, we obviously did the pub session, talked a bit more shit. Um, but it was yeah, it was really, really good. It was um, yeah, you know, we got to see hear some cool stories, we got to see some cool cars. Yeah. Um, and it just yeah, just built from there. And, and I think one of the reasons it may have become so popular is, like, Aaron and I had this little thing where we spoke to each other and we thought maybe not make it purely about uh, competition because yeah. a lot of the vintage stuff at the moment is about competition. Like, you know, there's different classes and everything and everyone wants to race each other. Well, these cars are still race cars, but they're, some of them are really impossible to get parts for. And, yeah, you can 3D print stuff and what have you, but some of the stuff is really fragile and you you can't readily get it. So, yes, you want to see these race cars on the track, but by the same token, it's a celebration of what it yeah. was, which was what we were trying to push. Not so much that, you know, oh, you yeah, know, such and such won the final because he was faster. We don't really care. And Tony yeah. even said it in the driver's minute. He goes, I don't care. Like I don't <laughs> care if he's faster than you. We just want to see the cars <laughs> on the track, you know. That's right. um, yeah. And I think because everybody embraced that, like, the event was just hugely successful.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I think I said, said if someone's faster than you, drive quicker. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it, you certainly couldn't have arrived at that race meeting. Well, I mean, maybe somebody could have, but I wouldn't have thought anyone could reasonably arrive at that race meeting and not expect that that's what you are aiming for. You know, a, a good time, good stories, good fun, bit of action on the track, Um yeah. And, and the results
1: were very much secondary to everything else. Um, I think the good everybody would... ha- had that expectation that they were there to ha- have a really good time. Even a lot of the guys that were normally serious about racing. Sure, they, they st- were still a bit serious about racing, but they came there to enjoy themselves. And they were the ones that, that ca- went out of their way to say to me, oh, this was so good. I enjoyed yeah, it yeah. so much.
0: Lou, you're about to make an interesting comparison there, I reckon.
3: Yep. So... I was fortunate enough to go to see the Goodwood Festival of Speed about four years ago. Yeah. Um, and this is an event where, you know, old racing drivers bring out old racing cars. And I thought, you could do this with RC. Yeah. You really could. Um, And, you know, it's a camaraderie behind the scenes. And, you know, as, as we speak here, there's an RC family. There's some guys that we've known 30, 35 years. We've known them as kids. Yeah. And we still keep in touch. So... What a great opportunity for all of us to get together. Yeah, even it's like a bit of a high school reunion sort of thing, you know? Um and yeah, like that's it just went wild. So yeah, we're um we're still we're still like I said yeah, you, we're still buzzing and you know, it's up to me next week we don't organise another one, but it's probably not gonna happen that that soon in any case. No,
0: no, that's all right. I, I, I really like that comparison. I really like I, th- I really appreciate that kind of old racing drivers bringing out old racing cars and it's the camaraderie and it's the you know it's seeing some car you haven't seen on a racetrack for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years and going wow I remember what they were like um, yeah. I really like that. So let so let's talk about a couple of those things about some of the cars that you saw over the weekend some of the drivers um, who who popped up you know what were some of the names of some of the people that popped up that you were just really delighted to see I we, got to mention
1: J- Jason Ford I mean, basically, I mean, he he won um, two wheel drive at the was it 87? 87 yeah. 87? Yeah, it's about that. Yeah. at the at the exhibition buildings, and I haven't seen or heard from him since. Yeah, he just after he won, he stopped. Yeah, I talked to him on the weekend. Said, Why? He said, oh, "I, I." Got a job and, so, and he said, I just didn't have time for racing. Yeah. And that's why he was able to bring his car out in exactly the same condition that it was <laughs> from the Nationals <laughs> because he just put it all away and never looked at it again. That's a great and, story. And, 1987 dirt still on the car, I reckon. Yeah, yep. it was from the exhibition buildings. We could sample it and yeah. <laughs>
2: redo <through> it.
1: <laughs> Although it wasn't a great didn't track to remember.
2: Hey? Didn't you taste the no. dirt and it tasted the same? Yeah, <laughs> no, look, I've done some things I'm not proud of. <laughs> yeah, there are a so few hard.
3: stories like that, Scotty. Yeah. Um, the, the other, <laughs> obviously, bet. the the big one that Tony skirted all, all around is we had a, a double A main world championship finalist in our midst, Rory Cole.
0: Yeah. With his, um, so, so, Rory, like, obviously was a, a British driver back in the day. Is he, is he living out here now or did he come yeah, out for the he's, event? Or... He's become an Australian. Okay. Well, right. He's in Well, welcome, Rory. Uh, we're glad to have you as one of us. Uh, oh, he'll be
1: listening because he's just absolutely
0: <laughs> obsessed again now. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe I'll need to track Rory down and have a uh, a, a podcast chat with him. About we can what sort what that out. Racing was like in the at a world level and in Britain
1: back in the day. Well, it, it was Aaron. How did you – you found him, Aaron.
2: I was – I was trawling the iconic websites and that, because I've, I've just loved yeah. old RC cars. And Lou will tell you, I'm just crazy. I've got all my old 12 RC 10s and all sorts of things living in here. And I was trawling around, and Rory Cull was one of my heroes. You know, back in the day, I was an mm-hmm. Associated fanboy. Yeah. And somewhere it just said, oh, Rory Cull's living in Australia. And, and I went, oh, hold on. Plus <clears> he's <throat> well, living in Australia... <laughs> What the hell can I what the hell can I do? So I hopped on Facebook, you know, found a found a post from him over there and then sent this this stupid cold calling message out to Rory Cullen. It was, you know, <laughs> Hi, Rory. Um, you won't know who I am, blah, 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 blah. You know, but we're running this old vintage RC car meeting and we'd love it if you'd turn up. And he replied and said, Oh, that sounds cool. And next thing you know, you know, he's, he's brought his cars back from England because he went back home. So yeah. he, he brought back his genuine cars, the old that purple tub darcy 10 that you all saw in all yeah. the magazines and yeah and he's out driving again you know i was getting i was getting photos and messages from him saying i bought new radio gear and i'm sure that he was talking to tony and lou and everybody oh, yeah. as well and, <laughs> yeah i couldn't that, shut him and up. That's, how, that's how it happened it was just it was just one of those ones of just going oh yeah, i'll have a crack i'll just see if he wants to come and next thing you know it's like oh yeah i am in. and now you look at him up on the stand and oh golly gosh you know
0: <laughs> he's pretty keen uh, it, it just strikes me that it is such a gift that the three of you and, and all the other people who've gone to put this thing together, it is such a gift that you've given to people like Jason and Rory and, you know, and a hundred other people, um, names we know and names we don't, that have rekindled, um, you know, some kind of long lost, dormant kind of love affair with messing around with toy cars. That's, that's a real gift that
1: the three of you should be really proud of, I reckon. And, and uh, very nearly Jurgen Lautenbach as well. Ooh. That'd be good. They changed the date of the euro, okay. uh, One of the one of the euros (laughs) rounds, and he and he he, and he couldn't come because he was mega keen. That all came about because he's a he's a massive fan of uh, Andy Cook's GP 3D cars, yes. And so Cookie was um Cookie messaged me and said, I think I can get Jurgen to come. Should I go for it? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And he was it's all tied up, and then he it was. A month or two out, he said, "I can't come because one of the Euros oh, is on on that that's, weekend." That's a shame. Maybe next oh, time. Because it I'll, would, yeah. it would be
0: good to uh, if he does come. We need to relax the motor rules just for him, oh. Uh, oh, yeah. no because I want to, I want to relive 1989 when his Cat XLS at the Ives was the absolute rocket ship. Uh, I've told this story before, but my recollection is that he would come off the track, take the motor out of the car, put the car to one side, and leave it, and just work on the motor for two hours, and then go back <laughs> out for the next race. <laughs> it was it was a beast yeah. in Australia. What, who were some of the other people that floated around, or some of the maybe some of the the cars that you saw that just you know really kind of caught your attention?
3: You go first, Tony. Yeah, go on, Tony.
0: Give us nah, a no, I was going to let you go first.
3: Oh, for me, well. Jason Milward from New South Wales he brought yeah. down part of his collection Bormack Bormack yeah Jason um and like he has got some of the most weirdest cars um and he it, unfortunately with with uh the um how busy we were trying to get everything running and it, like we didn't really get a chance to sit down and look at every car and yeah but um at one stage he was going to try to video a uh, a little little segment with pick the car that you you like the most, and tell me a little bit about it, because because yep. he had Yokomo's and he had Lucies and he had AYK Pro Radiance
1: yep. and ACL incidents.
3: Yeah, all sorts yep. of stuff that was really really cool to see. Like I'd, I'd never seen a I'd seen a Pro Radiant, but that was on the grid at the eighty nine Worlds.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I actually held yep.
3: one in my hand and I had yep. it parked next to my Mike Dun replica. Yeah, like it was the coolest thing ever. Um a lot of people. Uh, SG Coyote. The, SG Coyote. Yeah. Oh,
0: now that's a rare car, isn't it? There's oh, Not yeah. too many of them around.
3: No, no. Uh, a lot of people brought out their old race cars. Um, yeah. yeah. Another
0: yeah. good feel-good
3: story was uh, Dave Watson. Oh, was, what I think st- I don't. It was it, a, a guy that raced at Kiel, and he also raced at eighty-seven worlds,
1: and I know, I know, eighty-nine worlds. Eighty-nine worlds in Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he so managed- I go through
3: the story. Go on, you go.
1: You tell a story. Because I was there when it happened. He yeah. came up to me because. uh Mick Bodner had a whole heap of his stuff out, and for people who don't know Michael Bodner, he's any anything that's ever been made for an RC car, he not only has it, he's got three or four of them. <laughs> yeah. He's got. I love him already. I love him already. Collection of stuff. So, and he just brought out a whole heap of stuff on. I think this was on the Saturday, and um, no, no, I think no, it was a Friday, and um, had it there. And he had one of those old-style toolboxes that we all used to have, the wooden ones with the flip-up lid. We all had them back then. We did. We did. And he had a couple of cars sitting in there. He'd bought it as a job lot from someone. And uh, Watto came up to me and said, Tyne, come have a look at this. And he pointed at this Altammer and said, you painted that, didn't you? And I looked at it and I said, I couldn't remember initially. Then I, I picked it up and went, yeah, yeah. I think I did he said you painted that for me i think i said yeah it looks like one that i did a half-assed job of just to fob you off <laughs> because at the time he was uh, i was uh, i was retailing stuff so sometimes i just do him a quick shit one to get rid of him for a while <laughs>
0: <laughs> all the secrets are coming out 30 yeah. years later 40 years yeah, later yeah that's how it works Yeah.
1: i said yeah i did do that one and then his face sort of went a funny colour and whatever and uh, jensen spencer was next to me at the time he turned the car over and he just went quiet and you write that what water this is my car so what do you mean this is my car it's a turbo ultimate it had saddle pack chassis yeah and he said i know it's mine because it's got milled slots at either side for me to put the battery straps through which nothing which weren't available at the time and i took it to school and milled the slots out and that thing there is the mark which is the scrutineering mark from the 89 worlds wow and michael bonner's eyes are going what <laughs> and jensen spencer's going dave you gotta buy this i said the said mick bonner is this is it for sale he said ah oh, i think it has to be i said what, I. to Watto, um, you need to talk to Mick about this. And he couldn't talk. Yeah. He was just, he was absolute. it was so emotional and the good guy that he is. Mick Bodner just said to Dave, you just take it with you. We'll sort something out. Mm. And what I was just over the moon. I remember saying to Jensen, if, if Dave won't pay him the money, I'll buy it for him. He's got to have that <laughs> car. True. That's, it's such a good story. And he, and luckily, that came to an arrangement the next day. Uh, I didn't ask what it was. It doesn't matter. But I've I've known Watto for 35 years, and I've yeah. never seen him so overcome. Oh, it's it, amazing. Nice... It was, it was, that, to me, was the story of the bash. And I yeah, think it yeah. was for most people that, that knew about it. Yeah. That, that race car's gone home to where it belongs. Oh, yeah. And he's still got all his original electronics. He found it all at home. Wow. Yeah. The wow. KO speedy had in it and yep. some weird ass um servo. That was such a great story, you know it, it makes me all warm and fuzzy.
0: It's um I, I I actually had a somewhat similar experience myself this this last year, where at one of my old cars, a, a shoemaker boss cat that I ran at the Nationals in nineteen ninety-three at Illawarra turned up and uh you know, a fellow by the name of Brett Wood, he he just went, just got this this belongs in your house, not in mine, and and we came to an arrangement and, you know, he was just really generous and really keen. And I was delighted, you know, so it's the car that I ran. It's my old kind of body that I painted myself. A lot worse, Tony, than anything you ever painted. I can guarantee (laughs) you that. Uh, But, and it's just sitting downstairs on the shelf and I don't know if I'll ever drive it, but I love having that car back kind of, you know, it's got so much memory attached to it. Um, And that's not a world's car. So I can only imagine, um, you know. It doesn't matter. It was your car. Yeah, yeah, that's right. difference. Yeah. I mean,
1: Aaron doesn't have this happen because he's kept every single car. He's ever <laughs> it's right. just got it all.
0: Uh, Aaron, let's let's uh, let me let me kind of you know I'll shut the other guys up for a minute. And so tell me a couple of the you know the cars or the people or the things that you really enjoyed seeing over the over the course of that weekend.
2: I don't know if there's enough time to do it. You know everything that made me warm and fuzzy over the weekend. Just give so, me your you top know, 20. Well, you know, we don't i You know, I'm just, I'm just sitting there and laughing and going, oh, you know, like um, I had a couple of mates come out who, who used to race when they were like 14 or 15, and they hadn't raced for 30 years. Yeah. And they brought out old cars that they had and everything else like that. And they were just smiling like, you know, three-year-olds on Christmas morning. Yeah. You know, the, the, the meeting was there and everything else, and they were laughing and carrying on and, and all that sort of stuff. So there's that, that little sort of like private one, yeah, um, Craig Bowring turning out and bringing his wow. old cars out.
0: Wow, I wish I'd been there to see that. that yeah, I mean yep. Craig Bowring is like, that's royalty, isn't it? That's Australian RC royalty
2: yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. So no, and he was he was. I actually handed him my transmitter and said, "Don't run any of your old cars on the track. Run mine." So you know, yeah. Craig's driving my car around. So that was that was awesome to see. Um, you know, like Hursty walking around and you know just being there. Bormax stuff was just. Like blue, I, I've read and looked at Pro Radiance and wanted one, you know, basically all my life. And there right. I am holding one, you know, you're just sitting there and going, I can't believe this. And an AYK Viper, another one of those cars, oh, yeah. sort of going, Oh my yep. gosh, you know, like, yeah. So it's all the things that you lusted after as a child and read in the magazines and never actually got to play with and see were all just there. And you're just walking around and just looking at everybody. But I think it was just, probably the best one was looking at the driver's stand when there were 14 people on there. That, that bit that Lou mentioned when it started raining and we thought everyone will go home and actually more (laughs) cars turned up. And there was just, there was just laughing and carrying on. And, you know, you're looking at an Altman, an RC 10, a a comical car and everything else. And everyone's up on the stand and they're either laughing like little children or giving each other shit, (laughs) but there was no aggro, no anything else. And you're just standing down the bottom, looking at it and going, I don't believe this is happening. You know, no one was angry. No one was anything. It was just, Hear laughter and smiling, everyone was just having fun, you know. It was just a little bit unholy, really.
0: How good, how good. Look, if it's any consolation, uh, at the nationals in in uh, at Charges just a few weeks before that, um, so the you know, the modern race cars, we were up on the driver's stand for a tour drive modified qualifier. No, it was a final, I think, might have been this, you know, running of, of course, I was not in the A final, so it was a running of one of the legs of the B final, and it started raining. And the same thing happened. Like nobody left. Um, we we're all kind of for a moment going, oh, you know, that's a bummer. But after after that moment, we were all just in the kind of zone of this is going to be a hell of a lot of fun trying to drive a you know a stupidly overpowered 2 modified buggy on that's designed for super high traction on a now wet slick, uh, and and we had a great time. And it was maybe the highlight of the weekend for me that five minutes of trying to wrangle that car around in the rain. So. Even modern race car drivers uh, can enjoy uh, a bit of fun.
1: I, I'm going to say that the unexpected highlight of the weekend was um, the Comical Cup. Yeah, because I, I think this is one of the things where I decided to do it and then told Lou and Aaron later Monday because I bought one and I thought <laughs> I, I thought I wouldn't mind driving, racing one of these. So I'll, I'll put it into. I, I wanted something that was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, um, Lou and Aaron were more than up for it, and th- 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 there were more people watching the Comical Cup than any other race. So Everybody for the might...
0: uninitiated, Tony, and I've never seen one of these in the flesh. What what is a Comical Cup car like? It's,
1: just... it's a cartoony version of an original Tamiya car. There's Hotshot, oh, okay, Grass gotcha, Hotshot. yeah, yeah, no, yeah, it's, yeah. It's Comical, short wheelbase, yep. massive yep. monster truck yep. tires, yeah, and they're they're really slow and as soon as you hit the throttle out of the corner, they wheelie, whether it's four-wheel drive or two-wheel drive, it doesn't make any difference. They so just, just like whatever.
0: a loose solar two-wheel drive modified buggy yeah. from back in the yeah. day. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Nice.
1: Well, almost exactly the same, except with bigger <laughs> wheels. Yeah, And there were we ran them with no transponders. And so there was no lap counting. It was just five minutes. And the, the we pinched the idea from from Casso where there was, um, you were marshaled for the first three minutes and after that, there was no marshalling, so if you crashed, that was it. <laughs> and I don't know whose idea that was, Casso, but it was a, that was an awesome idea. And it was just so much fun. All oh, the people. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. the very last uh, Comical Cup run of the weekend on the Sunday, um, people from a long time ago would remember uh, Tim McClure. Yeah. Because him and his brother Trent were like yes. right Guts. up there all the time. Yeah. Tim came down to have a look and talk some shit. And I just gave him one of my comical cars because I've actually got three and said, Here, go out and do this last run. And his Mrs. Kelly looked at me and went, Oh, no, I know what's going to (laughs) happen. What have you done? (laughs) Tim came off and was like, Oh, that was so much fun. But it was it was fun. No one took that seriously because you yeah. can't take those cars no. seriously. And it was really, really good. It made sure that there was a a bit of a bit of real stupidity at the end of each round. So um, yeah, I'm nice. really glad we did that one. Yeah, nice.
0: So almost at the other end of the, the scale of kind of, you know, fun to kind of seriousness. Lou, talk talk to us a little bit about the uh, you know, this kind of Replica of the 1989 Worlds RC 10 that Andrew's been building. Just give us a little bit of the backstory and and talk me through a little bit of what it was like to see that car on the track. And, you know, you put your own replica of a Lossie from that era up against it. So just talk to us about that story.
3: Yeah. So Andy Cook is probably the most perfectionist person I know, Um, whether it's the way he prepares his cars, the way he drives, the way anything he does, it's always 120% with Andy. And at some stage, himself and Aaron Defina decided that they were going to do a replica of the 89 Masami car, which is, you know, for us Australians, it's an iconic thing because, I mean, you can remember, I can remember, he put that thing on TQ. He had those crappy TR31 tyres that no one else had. He'd do the Masami slide in a turn one and disappear. Oh, yeah, yep. Um, So he's built a replica, but to the point where like every little detail, the, the direction of the zip ties that are holding the wires together to the speedy, wow. the the direction of the turnbuckles, the broken up sticker that it's on the nose plate, just everything is identical. Wow. Um, initially, he had a two-piece chassis, and he's gone and sourced the proper carbon fiber with the right amount of gloss to make the right kick up, the shock towers, everything. It's just a perfect replica. And you see this thing on the track, And I look up at the driver's stand and see if he's driving it with his feet because (laughs) it's Masami's car, right? It's Masami's car. So I'm like, that is so cool, but there's something that was cooler than that. And me being a Losey man, well, the guy that qualified second was Mike Dunn and he had a Jarex 2 Jarex Pro Yeah, and he put that on second place with Losey X patterns. And you know how good Losey X patterns were, not very good.
0: Not not all that good.
3: So to me, that was a Herculean effort, and I thought, yeah. you know what, I've got a JRX Pro. I'm going to make that into a like a little bit of a replica, and let's see if we can replicate that
0: yeah.
3: front grid. So I I searched some photos. I it's really hard to find any photos from the eighty nine worlds, but I managed to get a few There's pictures and out. yeah, and yeah, the color scheme, the you know the shock, you know, I didn't make it an exact replica, but no, it's but that close. close. Yeah. It's as close as I could sort of make it with the stuff that I had. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, when the two cars were parked next to each other, it looks so cool. Yeah. And we thought we just take the photo, we'll get it done. And we took the photo and I'm looking back at the photo now, I think I'll send it to you. Yeah. It's it just looks so awesome. Anyway, and when we both were on the track driving against each other, it was unreal. Um, I hosed him, of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, because I had the right tires this time. But anyway, but yeah, Andy's Persami thing is incredible. Um and I sold
1: 75 of them now.
3: Yeah, you sold
0: a few of them. That's, that's unreal. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's tribute to kind of what a good job has been done. Oh, I, yeah. I actually didn't realize, Aaron, that you were involved in that project. Uh, that
2: well, yeah, a, a little. We were talking about making a replica and we worked out what, like Lou said, what was an iconic car. Yeah. And that's how, that's how it came about. So we started talking about it and Cookie, you just. You know like he's he's a 3d genius you can't can't yep. keep up with him yep. you know like on that sort of stuff yep. so he just he's got the printers at house and he kept doing this and we just keep i just kept pointing him in the right direction of oh well buy rc 10 T's because that'll yep. get to the parts you know the yeah, yeah, yep. gearbox will get to this that yep. and next thing you know he's designed a designed a housing so it looks like the, the prototype self-gearbox that all the parts go in and you're just going okay yeah i'll just i'll just let cookie run with it you know and just solved the problems we were trying to get carbon and you know we couldn't get bent carbon i was trying to get some made here the guys doing it all yacht makers they couldn't do it and next thing you know i've got it coming out of china okay cool you know he's just <laughs> he's just unbelievably awesome and you know like lou said oh the turnbuckles are the wrong someone says oh the turnbuckles are the wrong way and then he points at the photo of masami's car no no he had that one that way that's why the car looks exactly that's like it. <laughs> you know there, that's there's unreal there's like nothing that he had he d- yeah. The thing I, the I can't believe
1: sorry, go on. is that, I mean, for a job, I do 3D CAD design. Yeah. And I look at what he's done with that with no training. I'm thinking, I couldn't do half of that. yeah, yeah. Or more likely, I couldn't be stuffed yeah. doing all of that. His commitment, I think, is a thing that's, that gets him through. He's just so obsessed about getting it right that even to a professional like me, I just go, whoa, that's, that's good stuff. I wouldn't want to tackle it.
0: What were you going to say there, Lou? As I well? was going
3: to say one of the highlights was at the end of the event um, because obviously we couldn't get Rory Carl off the driver's stand. He just wanted to keep doing lap after <laughs> lap after lap. Did
0: well, what? Lap. He's still up there, right? Yeah,
3: yeah and I, um, I got a drive of Andy's Masami car, so yep. I was following Rory Carl around the track with Masami lookalike car, and I said, wow. "What does that feel like?" He goes, "Yeah, I'm sick of seeing that car." <laughs> <laughs>
1: He, he was a he's a great guy too. I've got to say oh, yeah. that. Now he just fitted in so well with, nice. with with our scene, and he said that to me a couple of times. He said, "Oh, this is just so much fun. I I, I didn't realize how much I missed it until I, I came back."
0: He's uh, he's been here long enough to be in Australia. Hey? we'll have to claim yep. him as one of our own. Um, it, I my I guess what I wanted to reflect on on that RC ten in particular was that that. It just marked such a high tide mark in in competition. RC, the way Team Associated, in particular, would go about World Championship racing in that era, right? So eighty seven a little bit, but eighty nine, ninety one in particular, yeah. the way they would leave no stone unturned to try and build, you know, whatever it took, you know, and 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 Yokomo with them, their partners and tires, and we all know all of those stories. But that, so to kind of pay tribute to that car, to me also, just is a nod to, you know, just that absolute kind of lengths and extremes to which people would go to try and you know win world championship races in that era um, an incredible time and incredible effort um you know a guy like masami obviously behind the wheel um, so yeah good on andrew for putting that out and you know for anyone who's kind of not familiar with what's going on you can buy that uh, replica kit um you got to bring some of your own parts to the party as well but you can buy the parts to produce your own replica um, and we'll put a link somewhere in the show notes somewhere. But if you Google around, you'll find Andrew Cook. GP3D. Yeah. G-
1: GP3D.com. GP3D. Yeah.
0: yeah, there you go. GP3D.com. And some beautiful replicas of old F1 cars as well. Um, so don't yeah, make sure you've got your credit card under lock and key before you go visit that website. Um, I think maybe we'll just mention that there was actually some racing um, over the course of the weekend. Um, I'm not sure that you know, as we as we've said, the results not all that important, but just for the sake of it, uh, for anyone, you can jump on live RC and find the key law thing and go back and look up the results. Um, Andrew Salvaggi is one of you know the gun kind of two wheel stock drivers still around the country. He won 2 drive over. Nathan Healy and Scott with, Giles. It was an
1: epic drive. That, that was an epic heat to watch. It was brilliant. It, all, it came down. I think they were 0.01 second apart, him and Nathan. Andy got him on the on the very last straight. It was awesome.
0: It did look. There are times where I've i looked at the times and went, that was a hell of a close race. So it was good to watch.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, BorMax put up a video of it. Okay, that show, shows it all. It's it's well worth. What the last minute or two was uh, where it happened. Really what, good to what, watch. What
0: were the cars that those guys were running in at the front of that two wheel? Silver Scotty a, Giles.
1: Uh, so had a B three.
0: Yep.
1: His original B three, I think. Okay. Um, I don't know what Nathan was running.
0: Something old, obviously, but the who knows? RC ten. A mid, yep. I think it was
1: a
3: mid-mount
1: RC-10. Oh, okay. Yep. And Giles would, Giles would have had a shoemaker. Fireblade? Yep. Yeah, Fireblade, yeah. A Fireblade,
0: okay. Think, yeah. Anyone that could get a Fireblade to work is a hero in my eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Oops, that sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> no.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you did not.
0: <laughs> uh, Forward drive was Nathan Healy, Scott Giles again, and Matthew Jenkins. Any, anything to note from that four drive race? Um, or what cars those guys were running in that four-drive oh. race. She doesn't have much that,
3: attention. Nathan yeah. Healy was an Optima mid. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep. Uh, Bit of 80s, uh, 80s Scotty Giles there. is
3: a Cat 2000 uh, EC. EC, yes. Okay,
0: yep. Lay down. The lay down shocks, yep. yep.
3: And Matthew Jenkins was a top force.
0: Yeah. Oh, good to see. Tamir represented on the
1: podium. Nice to see. The, uh, original gears or all these gears?
2: I'd say he's probably got the no, no, he had my speed tunes. He stole them so that he'd go faster than Glenn Grinter and win, oh, the, win yeah. the pub run.
1: I just <laughs> wanted to beat,
2: beat Grubb, okay. Well, there was, there was beers on that. There was oh. beers on between him and Grub. yeah. So there was a
0: bit of seriousness around the racing, predominantly around Didn't grudge matches that. is what I'm hearing.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that's why he came up and stole the speed tune gears from me.
0: Very nice. Ah,
1: okay.
0: Uh, a truck then, Lee Cheeseman. Now, well, Lee of course. was yeah, well, you know, obviously an all-time truck specialist. Uh, growing yeah. a mean moustache too, I think, for Movember at the moment. Um, Chris Georgoski, I don't know. Chris? Losey? Losi, yep. yep. and then Jensen Spencer. I I love the fact that Jensen was back at Keylaw, one of the original kind of oh, yeah. crew. Now the president of Chargers and has done such a wonderful job with that club in Queensland, running state and national titles this year. Yep. And I was delighted yep. to see him
1: down there. Jeno's great. It was it was it was earlier in the year when he came down for the Vic titles, and for me to see him again after over thirty years, it was. Yeah. It, we just it, he was only a kid when yep. I first knew him and now he's far from that now but we're just connected and i talk to him pretty much every day still and he's just so passionate about uh, about racing and doing what he can to to get things going it's really really good I've, him and uh, david watson who we talked about before yeah, who found yeah. his ultimate yeah. they were very much uh, on a similar level back in the old yeah, days Yeah.
0: i've gotten to know Geno, just a little bit this year at Chargers. I've been spending a bit of time yeah. out at the racetrack and it's been a delight to get to know him actually and definitely the the kind of vibe and the health of that club. Um, you know, there's there are a number of really good quality people involved in the club and he's one of them, just providing some great leadership uh, to Those a really legends. good crew. Uh, it's, yeah, it's nice to see. And then Comical Cup, you're saying we didn't count laps, so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. The biggest yeah. smiles were the winners. Uh, yeah, which, it doesn't really... think it was a could- dead heat.
1: Uh, no, uh, Tim McClure won by about a lap <laughs> without even trying. And that was with pissing around on the main <laughs> straight. He, he was stopping to do wheelies. <laughs> so, but it, it doesn't really matter. Everyone, you're right, everybody won.
0: I would love McClure. to see Tim McClure with a transmitter in his hand again. That would be a good uh, sign. You
1: will. Give yeah, him time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kelly said, I'm not going to stop him if he wants to.
0: No, no. What a good uh, fellow, and and he built half the race tracks in Australia over that period too. Correct. Didn't he? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, with with his old man and, and others. Yeah, um,
1: and and they're still still doing that. They're still involved in yeah, the family yeah. business. Yeah, that, yeah, that's why he said it's it's going to be hard to find time to come and race. But Kelly's actually saying, oh, "Come on, you need to. Yeah. These are your people. Yeah, this is your tribe. That's that's good." He he brought out all his stuff that he still has, uh, brand new brushed phantom motors, boxes of them all uh, you know really low-turn yeah, yeah. modified brushed motors that he's got heaps and he's got Yokomo kits and that um that yellow Yokomo jacket the uh, oh yes of, of Banos yep that Tim had that he yep. brought it down to give yep. the cookie so yeah uh, there's
0: some there's some gear in sheds around Australia isn't there it's um and it's nice to see it kind of pop up at the racetrack uh with you guys down there yeah. I'm imagining that, apart from you know what was going on, you know at the front of the field to win those, there was some, must have been some really nice moments seeing things like Tamiya hotshots and frogs and hornets and things running around in some of the other heats, and just to see you know some of the video footage I've seen, it's really cool to see those cars on a racetrack.
1: Yeah, there was a lot, lot of stuff like, and you could you could hear a car go past and go, oh, that's a frog. <laughs> <laughs>
3: You haven't seen everything that was, those videos are great, but there's a lot of stuff that hit the track that you never got to see.
0: Yeah. I um, bet. And I'm
3: sure Jason's in the middle of doing some more editing because he had like six and a half hours of footage that he took. <laughs> but I just to get, just to put things in a context, I think I'm gonna tell you my the first run I ran a JRX25 link. Yeah, the second run I ran the Mike Dunn replica. The third run I ran the double X. In four wheel drive, the first run I ran the top force. The yep. second run I ran the Turbo Rocky. Oh, the so we Turbo just, Rocky! Oh, the Turbo Rocky! I didn't <laughs> we know just, that you ran that. Yeah, we were just um, running alternate cars from one yeah. run to the next, so it was always something different on track.
1: Nice. Oh, I didn't man. do a single lap all weekend <laughs> because, it was, because my knee so stuffed that I could. I got up the stand once to do the drivers briefing, and that was enough to that tell me, it. "Nope, I'm not getting yeah. up again." Yeah. So yeah. Next, next time, I'm just driving. I'm not doing nothing else.
0: So next time, so tell me where where is this where is this juggernaut that is Vintage Bash headed? Uh, what do we have a 2.0 to look forward to? Are there plans in the pipeline? What's what's the vibe? Go, Aaron, uh, this is Aaron, you, Aaron, Aaron, tell us a story. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs>
2: yeah, there'll be a 2.0. There's, there's there's no way that we can't do it even just to let TFG drive his cars around, you know, like (laughs) it's one of those ones that you're going with, you can't not do it. It was so much fun. And it was, it was so much of a privilege and an honor to watch all those people come and just enjoy themselves. You're sort of going in a way with everyone going, it was so much fun. And, you know, we want you to do it again. You can't not do it. You know what I mean? It's one of those ones that you just can't, you can't let die. Not when it's not, when it was that much fun and everything else and that many people have come out and it's, It's rekindled so much in so many people Hmm. and they've had so much fun. So, yeah, we're we're working on it. Put it that way. We're working on
0: it. Watch this space. Keep an uh, eye on the Facebook group and whatnot and we'll see what happens.
1: Particularly when Rory says he'll make sure that Jamie and Craig come out this time.
0: Wow.
1: So... Uh, are
0: we going to be like five deep around the track when Rory Cole, Jamie Booth, and Craig Drescher are kind of, you know, and Jurgen Lausenbach are kind of out of no, the race track?
1: We'll be down on our knees worshiping. <laughs> I think that's the only appropriate way. Jamie was really keen to come this year, but I know there were some issues that stopped him from, from coming. Uh, I know I talked to him a couple of times and he, he really wanted to come. Yeah. Marty said, Marty, so I can beat Cole again. Yeah. Nice.
3: But Scotty, that was another thing too that we. Um, really stood out like we we did uh, like a pseudo qualifying but it really wasn't qualifying Um, and we all got put into different finals Um, and I think it went down to F final yeah which is pretty good right yeah but even in the F final you had people three deep the whole way around the track watching everyone drive yeah so it wasn't so much as uh, you know, we are trying to really push the fact that it wasn't so much as a, oh yeah I was faster on the day so I was a finalist. It was about that it didn't matter what final you were in, yeah. You just got graded with people that were a similar speed, yeah. So there was like even the B final, it was a cage match.
0: <laughs> nice, <laughs> Lou. I want to book an appointment with you in the B final for next time. Uh, uh, I think it's guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to get back there. Um, Oh, now I had a yeah. I had a wonderful question which I was going to ask. It was a perfect segue, and it's completely gone. That's um, <laughs> his life. So there is a there is a bit of a move, isn't there? There's there's a lot of energy around vintage stuff, and you know we've seen in the last few days a vintage nationals announced for. I think it's also being run at Keylor. I think it's April next year. The national bodies kind of put some rules around um, around some almost sanctioned vintage racing. So that's the kind of serious end of things. And then, you know, the the bash and some of the, the really fun stuff that goes on around the place. What wh- Where do you see all this going over the next couple of years? Is it just hang on and enjoy the ride and don't be too stressed about it? Or do you make some predictions about what we're going to see in the vintage scene? What are you thinking, Lou? What do you think is going to go on here?
3: Well, personally, I, you know, my, my gut is I would love to do a um, – Bormac Racer Champions type. Oh, yeah. You know, whether whether it's a race of has beans or, or <laughs> anything, you know, call it whatever you want to do, right? But it'd be good to do, um, you know, four five-minute heats and three finals or one final, whatever you want to do. There's a place yeah. for doing that sort of racing. Yeah. The thing with it is it's really, really hard to come up with a universal set of rules for these yes. old cars Yeah. and make them all fit in because yeah. – we we've been sort of moving the chess pieces around down here trying to come up with a like a couple of different formats and ideas as to how we can race them and make it fair for everybody the problem is that you had three major eras where the cars really changed technically so yeah so you can't you can't put a hot shot down against a a laser zxr for example it's it's not right yeah
0: it's not going to work
3: so so to come up with a a global set of rules that allows you to then actually race something um you know i'll give you an example if you say vintage is pre-2000 yeah okay no problem so don't show up to the track without a b3 or a triple x yeah and don't show up to the track without a you know, a, a Cat 2000 EC or, or mm. something of the likes because you're yeah, not yeah. going to be anywhere if you're going to yeah. be. Yeah. So, yeah, look, there's a place for competition. Yeah. Um, but I think we still need to make it more about the cars mm. than the individual driver. Mm. Um, we sort of, myself, Aaron, we come up with a couple, a rule set with regards to motors, which we think works quite well. Yeah. Um, we've got a little group going at the moment and I've got guys from, Queensland all the way across to Western Australia, where we're discussing this as as we speak, yep, trying nice. to come up with a global set of rules that we yep. you know, that allows us to race the cars on the modern tracks yep. without breaking them and yep. not overpowering them. Because you know now with yep. lipo power, like you could, you know yourself. I mean, you run modified, but I can tell you a thirteen five, a modern thirteen five four wheel drive car is faster than anything oh, we race. One hundred
0: percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah.
3: Yep. So that's where we're at. But I uh, I think. Yeah. I think um, us older boys, we you know we cling on to those memories and you know the, the the camaraderie and everything like that. So it is fun when we take these old cars out, and and they're surprisingly fast. Yeah. So I can't I can't see it dying off. If anything, it's going to grow, but it has to grow uh, with a with a set of rules across the country that are going to work for everyone.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think you're right. I think. You know, and I think there's a danger in we just end up with a thousand classes if we split yep. it up too much. And you know, and maybe there's room for some vintage races that are semi-serious, and then there's room for a race like the Bash. You know, where there is racing on the track, sure, but that's really the the kind of secondary thing to yep. actually just being together, talking about old cars and telling stories. I can't stories. see the
1: Bash changing format no. much no. at all because. It's not broken. We're not yep. going to fix it. No. no. <laughs> there's no way. Uh, how... It's anything
0: I, but broken, it sounds like.
1: No, nah, nah, there's, so no. There's just no reason to. I mean, I have put a post up on the BASH Facebook group asking people, what do you want to do? And 75% of people saying, just leave it. Just yeah. leave it. It's just, just announce like the date. <laughs> yeah. And tell me when and hurry up, will you?
0: Now I've got a question without notice to the three of you. I've I gave you a bit of a heads up on some of the things we talk about tonight, but uh I'm just I'm I'm sitting here thinking about re-releases and you know I'm a, a as you know, bit of a shoemaker fan. Shoemaker man. You know, I'm I'm doing the maths and going right. So the next two out from Shoemaker, if they follow the pattern, they're gonna be a cougar two and a boss cat. And I'll yep. have one of each of those. Thank you very much. Yep. Um but tell me for each of you, you know, if you could if there was one or two cars from back in the day. That you would dearly love to see a re-release, whether it's realistic or not, I don't care whether it's really going to happen. What's the re-release car that you would most love to see, Aaron? I'm going to throw it to you first. You sounds like you already own everything anyway, but you know, is there something around that you would love to see a re-release of um, to get in your collection? Oh,
2: <clears throat> now you said putting in my collection. That's hard because I've probably got most of them. Yeah, um, I yeah. Don't know. if, if you, you want to laugh, you probably go maybe a Mugen Bulldog oh yeah you
0: know that
2: was that was a bit of an iconic car you know Um, and yes I do have some but no you know because the cage is busted two wheel drive gosh you know if I could get one of the cars that I always lusted after and I'd I'd kill for it would be a pit stop pipe or an exterminator oh yeah someone re-released all those parts and put it back together you know like
0: yeah. I'd yeah. die for that. Yeah, harking back a long way to those, but that is that is iconic Australian kind of RC history right there. I, I can't help thinking that if Mugen could re release the Bulldog and put out they'd almost sell more of them now than they would have originally sold. Although there were a lot around in the eighties. So yeah, that'd be a big seller. Uh, what about for you, Lou? Like if we're if we're seeing some re releases, what's uh what would be top of your list?
3: Well, I'm not gonna lie to you, Scotty, that boss cat did tempt yeah. me a little bit. <laughs> Because I, you know, I've got memories of Darren Campbell flying down the straight at Canberra with that LRP powered thing.
0: Oh, the Pro Cat that's just come Uh, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pro Cat. Um,
3: YZ eight thirty four B.
0: Yep. Yep.
3: Or YZ eight seventy C.
0: Yep. Yeah, one of those Yokomos. Masami
3: Yokomo. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be the one for me. Um, or AYK Pro Radiant.
0: Yeah. you you've loved that car now, don't you? Having I've always loved had it. one in your hands. Yeah. Uh yeah, they were they were a good looking special kind of car. I, I agree with you. Yeah. What about you, Tony, the man of a thousand cars, uh a thousand race meetings? What would you the, kind of love to see?
1: Pipe frame, Zurda.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Horobo, oh, put down your with, helicopters for a moment and bring us a, a Zerda.
1: With a um with a RPM mid mount kit, of course. <laughs> <laughs> because you've got to have that because you've got to have that in the motor in the middle luckily uh, I know several people who've got them so you can easily get a copy made
0: that uh that would be something pretty special yeah, yeah. I like it I yeah. I do still also lust after a uh 5-link JRX2 that you know that I deep I was deeply in love with that car um when I raced it and You could probably, you know, I'll try and track one down, but I'd love to see a re-release of that so you could have one that you could actually go and race with and mess around. And
3: Scotty, when you come down for the next bash, you can drive my five-link
0: car. Oh, beautiful. You're a good man. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we've been going for an hour, and we're in danger of just kind of disappearing into our own uh, um, kind of stories here. But let me, before we kind of wrap things up, is there there, there anything else from the bash, um, you know, people that you want to acknowledge things that happened over the weekend that we haven't got to that you just want to name, um, you know, any, any stories left untold. Uh, Aaron, for you, any, any kind of last thoughts on the, on the bash, what it meant for you and what it meant to the people
2: that were there. I just want to thank everybody for coming and joining Lou and Tony's vision. You know, like it, you just, it was just so cool to go from this little tiny, crazy idea to everything there and just, you Know having everybody there and not having anybody aggro or angry, their egos were all checked at the door as, as per Tony's instructions, and just everyone had fun. You know, you just uh, there's so much stuff that you, you want to say, and there's so much stuff that you can never say in public, yeah. Um, yeah, just you know, nothing else. That's it.
0: No, good. It sounds like the three of you would have had a good time on your own, but with a hundred and whatever it was, 190 cars on track, it sounds like it was even more fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think what about right. for you, Lou? Any last thoughts? Uh, kind of, you know, how do you how do how do you sum up kind of Vintage Bash one um, from your perspective?
3: Um, an absolute eye opener for me personally. Yeah. Uh, just the how positive everybody was to embrace our way of thinking and yep. giving it a crack. That was fantastic for me um, to catch up with a lot of people that I hadn't seen for a long time i.e. my good mate, Simon Bedisi.
0: Yeah, nice to see Simon out at the racetrack, eh? Okay.
3: Dug out his yeah. old cars and yeah. got them all motor- going for him, and he was like a little kid again, but, you know, he's in his 40s now. <laughs> I was just about just really to say, weird. he was a little kid the last yeah, time I saw him. it was, was really weird having him sitting next to me and I'm, you know, charging <laughs> <laughs> his batteries. And and then the, the highlight for me was watching his son drive his truck that wow. he won yeah. the, the 96 um, Nationals with, you know? Nice. It was, it was so... I mean, he... I know he got a little bit emotional, but I can tell yeah. you, I, did, I didn't let it out, but I, it sort of struck a chord with me too because, yeah. you know, it's um, just watching. Uh, he's got a kid now when I met him. He was about the age of his son. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say
1: that. Yeah.
3: So yeah. That, that was, you know, there's a lot of cool stuff like that. You know, Tim McClure, you, you see all these guys that you're known as kids, but now they're, they're all coming again as as men, you know, and yeah. and it's, it's so awesome to think uh, that, you know, it's just some screws bits of plastic and carbon fiber can bring back so many memories and make so many people happy
0: yeah nice Good shout out uh, good shout out Lou uh, Tony what about for you any any kind of last yeah. thoughts David,
1: the boys have already hit on it it's it's about friendships yeah friendships from many many years ago so many people that I hadn't seen for so long who have now, Uh, reconnected with and found that 30 years later we're still friends and we still like the same stuff we still like talking shit yeah and it works. And so many new friends as well. I mean, my Facebook friend count has gone from three up to six now. <laughs> so um, it, it's doubled. And that's that's all because of people from the the, the guys that were firmly entrenched in the vin, vintage scene uh, down here in Melbourne and to some extent in Sydney, who I've known existed, but I've never had anything to do with them. Yeah. We're now all good mates. And they're now becoming part of the racing scene as well. So it's joined the two scenes well the um the collectors yeah. and the and the races and that can only be good yeah so that's going you know guys like hersty who aaron's known for a thousand years has now got he, the desire rekindle he lives just up the road from rory cull so that they're super keen so they're driving all the way up this this sunday to come to keeler nice it, it's the friendship thing there and to, to finalize that it's given me the opportunity to work with two of my mates who I've known for 35 years Mm. and we've come together and we've produced something that is way better than we could ever have possibly imagined. And if I never do another thing, I'm quite happy to, and and I said I wasn't going to, uh, I should be happy with this. (laughs) I'm happy with it but I will be involved in bash 2.0. I'll probably still be the social media. Of course you will. I'll be the social media person definitely. And (laughs) I'll be involved in the planning and that. I just don't want to do the sheer mechanics of it all. The, no, uh, no, no that's entries right. and c- because doing that and the t-shirts and everything else it was way too much work
0: oh, i look forward to seeing the team list with uh social media influencer next to your name tony oh, that'll, me. that'll be about perfect gentlemen i i think what you've um what you've put together this year with the bash and not just the three of you i know others as well it's been extraordinary and that last couple of minutes of conversation you know without going too far down the kind of philosophical rabbit hole but really is what you know at for those of us who are at this end of, you know, 30 years of messing around with toy cars, what most of us would know, which is that actually it doesn't really matter who won what in 1994. It You know, it is those friendships that I've lived on. Um, I go mountain bike riding every Saturday with a bunch of mates who i have, you know, messed around with toy cars within the 80s and 90s and those relationships were forged. Uh, so well done to the three of you. Um, I, I know I speak for pretty much everyone who was there and the many, many more of us who watched on from a distance, wishing we were as well when I say thank you for your hard work, your imagination, your time and talents. Uh, To the others who helped as well, I think there were people sweeping water off tracks and trying to make the thing raceable and, you know, the Keelor Club that prepped the venue. You talked earlier about Hearn's Hobbies for their amazing support. um, And I love the way they kind of activated all the way through you know, with kind of video stuff coming out almost every week, um, you know, and clearly they were really into it, uh, the crew from her. And so good on them. It's a great story. There are a whole lot of us ready to smash the enter button the moment entries open for Vintage yeah. Bash 2.0. Um, I think we might wrap it there, gents, unless there's anything else that we need to kind of throw in. Um, but for me, thank you to the three of you, not just for hanging out for an hour or so tonight, but for all the work you did this year. Um, Scholars and gentlemen, the lot of you, uh, well done. Thank you, Scotty. I've been called worse. Thanks. <laughs> oh, you will you'll be called worse as soon as we press the stop record button, as well. Yeah, I'm I know.
1: Sure. Fair enough. All right. Thanks, Beautiful. Scotty.
0: Thank you, gentlemen.
2: Thanks, Scotty.
1: Bye. All right. I've pressed stop. Stop. I think good. Now-